If you've been with us, we're studying the book of Philippians this summer. We're calling it The Bright Side. It's a book about joy, finding joy in life with Christ despite our circumstances. There's lots of other things there. We've covered the first chapter and a half. We are now at verse 12 in chapter 2. So I'm just going to start. Here it comes. Therefore, Paul says, we'll get to what that therefore is therefore in a second. Therefore, my beloved, he loves these Philippians. They're his kids. He, he speaks of them in, 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 uh, you know, in, in, a, in metaphorical ways as being his children. Uh, he's their spiritual father. He calls them his beloved ones. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. And here it comes. Our, our, our theme for the day, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. On this day of rest, on this Father's Day of all things, where dads are meant to get a break, it's only fitting, I think, that we talk about the work that is the spiritual life that God has given us. Today we're going to talk about bright side work. Um, let me kind of start with this. There is no such thing as passive Christianity. There's no such thing. It doesn't exist, at least in the form that it's meant to take. There is no such thing as just kind of being a, a Christian by name, a Christian by proxy. I'm from a Christian family. I grew up in a Christian culture. I sit in a Christian church. These things do not make us Christian. It is our faith that makes us Christian and our willingness to work our faith out with fear and trembling that affirms that faith in the first place. Wait a minute, Pastor. I read my Bible. I've heard you preach these verses a bunch. I know that it's not works that gets me saved. Because in Ephesians, another letter that Paul writes, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says it's by grace and through faith that I'm saved. And it's not by works. I'm going to tell you the difference as we get on in our sermon today between what Paul says there and what Paul writes here. But let me remind you that the verse that follows, those great um, seminal, you know, uh, foundational understandings of what it is for us to be Christian. The verse that immediately follows Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 is verse 10. That's how numbers work. And in verse 10, this is what Paul writes to his friends in Ephesus. So they wouldn't get it twisted. Yes, it's by faith. Yes, it's by grace. It's not by our works that we're saved, but it's two works that we are saved to. He says in verse 10, we, those who are in Christ, are his workmanship. It's this great Greek, Greek word that means masterpiece. We're this like work of art that God has created. Our salvation is his work. He's made us his masterpiece. It's not by what we've done. It's because of what he's done through Christ on the cross that we are saved. We are his workmanship and we're created in Christ Jesus. Here it comes. For good works. We are given salvation. It is a, a gift from God through Christ, not, not something that we could work for or attain for by ourselves, but it's given to us for what purpose? That we might work it out, might join him in the works that he's prepared for us. That's how the verse finishes. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So today we're going to talk about this idea of working out our salvation. We're going to discover how God works in us as that's happening. 
And we're going to um, see how God wants us, our attitudes, to um, go through this work that he's called us to. Of course, uh, given the opportunity to do motions, I'm going to do them. You don't have to stand. Some people groaned. I know a few of you aren't going to do them. And fathers, listen, it's the one day of the year. I'm not going to make you do these if you don't want to. You're a grumpy grouch if you don't. But, uh, <laughs> but if you don't want to do them, no big deal. Stay seated. These are kind of roller coaster motions. You can do them from a chair. Here they come. Ready? Everybody take your two thumbs and point them at yourself. When it comes to the work, there's the me work. Everybody say me work. But then the Bible's going to make it very clear today. There's the he work. Everybody point to the sky. That's where God lives. Oh, he's everywhere. We could, oh, let's, you know, let's go freelance. Me work. Everybody say me work. He work. Just he's everywhere, right? Oh, it's funner that way. I like that. All right. So there's me work. There's he work. I'm watching. That's right. You should get busy. That's right. And then the, the last thing is this. Everybody ready? Arms like this. Cheerleader style. This is for you, Eleanor. Here we go. Yippee work. It's yippee work. Everybody ready? One more time. Yippee. You got to go high. High range, fellas. Everybody with me? All right, here we go. One more time. There's me work, and then there's he work, and then there, here we go. Yippee work. Those are the three things we're going to talk about today. Oh, man. If this is your only week with us, thanks for coming today. I'm sorry. Let's... Let's start again uh, here in verse 12. And we're just going to walk through. We're going to discover all three of those things as we read this text together today. He says in verse 12, therefore, anytime you see a therefore in Scripture, it's pointing backwards. You've got to ask the question, what's the therefore, therefore? And if we uh, kind of were to comb back through chapter 2, we would discover that initially what Paul had said to these guys was, hey, I, I want you to... Um, Stay in harmony. That's what we talked about last week. If you're going to do the Christ life, you're going to have to do it together. You've got to stay together. And he basically went from there to saying, here's how you achieve harmony in a church. You, you choose personally humility. You've got to put yourselves low so that you can stay together, right? Uh, th this was the central teaching of this first portion of chapter 2. So therefore, in light of this call to harmony, this call to humility, he actually gave Jesus as his example uh, you should have the mind of Christ, who being in very nature God, uh, uh, saw equality with God, something that he could not, be, could not be grasped. And he set it aside. Why? So that he would become human, die on a cross, and be a sacrifice for your sins and mine. In light of all of that, therefore, he says, my beloved. And then he gives them, a, gives them some props. As you have always obeyed. The Philippians are a pretty good church. Paul's got good things to say about these guys. He commends them for their obedience to this point. He's celebrating with them the gift that they have sent through this guy Epaphroditus. He's grateful. It's a thank you note. He's like, I'm so grateful for you guys. Every time I pray about you, I just well up in my heart. I, just, mm, I love you guys. And you've been so obedient to this point. He says, as you have always obeyed, so now, present moving forward, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence. And then he goes on and says, work out your salvation. I love that he puts that little uh, um, disclaimer in there. He's basically saying, I know it's really easy to obey when I'm watching. But it will become increasingly more likely that you disobey in my absence. Therefore, you have to double down. You've got to dig in. D.L. Moody was the... A uh, guy who started my uh, school that I went to for undergrad, um, this is what he says about character. It's 
One of my favorite, favorite quotes of all time. Character is what you are in the dark. You are you who you are when no one's looking. Because everybody can put on the shine when someone's around. But if no one's there to see who we really are comes out. We're not performing anymore. It's just us. And we feel like we can get away. Cats away. Mice will play, right? Come on, who, who is in that... Uh, who is in that classroom uh, in, in grade school or middle school where it was announced to you that your, your regular teacher would not be here today and the substitute teacher would be joining you? Who just licked their lips in joy, right? Oh, we're going to work this guy. We are going to, because the regular authoritative figure isn't here. And we're going to make up all kinds of stuff. Oh, Mrs. So-and-so lets us do this all the time. She does, Yeah. Uh, we're going to leave school now. Bye. Anyway, uh, um, it's, it's what our human nature does. Um, so he says, all right, listen, all the more now in my absence, I need you to understand the importance of obeying this command. And here it comes, the first one, the point yourself, the me work, right? We need to go to work on our Christ life. Paul's saying to you and to me today, a couple thousand years after he wrote this stuff, go to work. Go to work on your Christ life. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. The word there for work out is the Greek word uh, katergazomai. That's a fun one. Uh, it's from ergon. Anybody ever heard like of an ergonomical chair or ergonomics of some kind? It's the Greek, rude or Greek word work. Uh, ergonomics is basically the study of things that enhance your work. It's like an ergonomic keyboard or an ergonomic chair. Okay, is everybody with me? So he says, kat ergonot, uh, that word, kat ergonzomai. Uh, it means this, accomplish or bring about, bring into effect. Take what's been given you and put it to good use. I was walking outside yesterday uh, and, and the, the, the thunderstorm happened. I don't know when it was, I think it was last night. Uh, has anybody ever been caught in a thunderstorm? You live in Florida. You have, right? How stupid would it be for you to carry one of these around? Anybody ever been like the smart person who's like, you know what? I see the gray clouds. I'm heading into Publix. It's not raining now. It might be raining when I leave. I'm bringing this. Anybody been there? How stupid would it be for you to break the plane of that Publix sliding door, to walk out into what is one of the biggest thunderstorms of Florida's history, holding an umbrella and refuse to open it? Would people wonder about whether or not they should call the authorities? Should this person <laughs> seek help, right? Baker Act, maybe, I don't know. This is meant to be used. This is no good like this, unless you're just going to like, you know, stoke a fire or something. Here we go, some of you are worried because you believe in luck. I don't, I believe in God. Providence is real. Is everybody with me? That's what this is for. That's what it's meant, it's meant to do. It's not a stick, it's an umbrella. And so you use it, Jesus says, through Paul to the Philippians and us. Hey, man, I gave you your salvation for a reason. Use it. Work it out. Employ it in life. There's no such thing as passive Christianity. Let's move forward together in this salvation that I've given you. Paul does not say, work up your salvation. If he had said whatever that Greek word would be, uh, he might be saying, concoct your own formula. 
which is what a lot of people do. In fact, if you're here this morning and you've said, yeah, I know the Jesus thing and I, I think all the other religions work and I'm a good person and you've somehow created you know, these, these ratios of this, this, and this as your means for salvation, got a rude awakening for you. You don't get to pick how you're saved. It's not your recipe that determines your salvation. I came home uh, last Saturday from work and I uh, knew that I was going to be uh, doing some steaks the next day on the grill. And I, I went to grab, I get this uh, 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 marinade in a bag. I forgot to get it. So I went to grab something to just season these steaks. And I thought, you know what? YouTube exists. I'll just go on there and find out if there's a quick marinade I can make. So I, I watched this YouTube video, and they gave me all these suggestions about ways that I could concoct this marinade, of which I had like three of the ingredients. Has anybody ever done this? Well, I don't have uh, ingredients four through eight. But I got one through three. That's a start. And let me just kind of walk around my kitchen and find stuff. I'm supposed to put garlic in this. This is garlic salt. Probably works, right? And uh, I don't have, you know, this ingredient, so I'll substitute this. I don't have in this ingredient, I'll substitute this. And some of you are, you know, waiting for the punchline, which was I ruined the steaks. Those were the best steaks I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Nailed it. Can't remember what I did, but it worked. Sometimes we do that in certain arenas that's possible. But when it comes to us and the God who made us, recipe is not up to me. This is not work up your salvation. Figure out what's good for you. It's work out your salvation. It's not work for your salvation. Have I covered that one? That's that Ephesian stuff. We don't work for our salvation. It's given us by grace, through faith. Everybody with me on that? No, what he's saying here is work out your salvation. Use what God has given you. Do your part as God enables you to go further into life with Christ. My father-in-law is here this morning. Hi, Dad. It's good to have you. Uh, We are two weeks into our new iPhones. Uh, I've had one before. I know how this one works. Uh, My father-in-law, Byron, he's learning. But I love the fact that he's figuring this out. We got him a charger, right? The kind that, you know, he can kind of set his phone on, that one. We got him a, he'll probably show it to you if you ask him. He's got a cool, you know, holster, quick draw, right? He's he's got all the stuff. Uh, Cool uh, accoutrement, cool accessories, right? But the main thing is his phone. And he sits there and, and we talk about how to add contacts and even the first day, it's like, here's how you answer it. You slide, and that's how this thing works, right? Here's how you find the actual phone pad, because it's not like you pick this up like another phone and just start dialing. You've got to swipe a couple times before you find the actual number. And so we're talking through all that stuff, and he's learning and figuring this out. Why? Because he likes to talk to people on his phone. This is not meant to be this, like, battery-operated, you know, accessory for his outfit. This thing's meant to work. And so he learns, just like you and I had to, how to use it so that it's useful in his life. That's all that Paul's saying. Learn how to use what I gave you. That's what God would say. Take the salvation I've given you and work it out. Uh, Grow in it. Uh, We would call that sanctification in our uh, nomenclature in theology. There's way too many lazy, meh, Christians. Are you a meh Christian? Can't be bothered. Meh. Most of them aren't watching right now. 
because I just couldn't be bothered with getting here today. Meh. I mean, I, I love Jesus. He loves me, right? But I absolutely don't care enough to have any discipline or show any effort to, to make things grow. Listen, I am grateful you're here. Truly, I think that is a part of you working out your salvation is being exposed to God's word, singing his songs, hanging out with his people. Can we all agree those are good things? But if this is it, in the other six or seven days of your life, or I guess there's only six other days, you're just kind of meh. Well, then Paul's talking to you. He's talking to all of us, but he's talking especially to you. Work at your salvation. Work at assimilating all that God has given you. Some of you are like, yeah, Mark, I don't have to do that because God will forgive me if I don't. You're the optimistic, optimistic, saw good Christians. There's meh Christians, and then there's saw good. As long as I show up on Sunday and atone for my sins, according to my worked up recipe, right? Well, I'm good. And besides, God loves me so much, he'll just forgive this. He'll just let it go. It doesn't matter. We're uh, progressively becoming a culture where nothing is wrong. Anybody notice that? I'm not going to go bullet, bullet item by bullet item. But, but the moral fabric of our, of our country and certainly our world is shifting. It's changing. Because people are like, hey, man, it doesn't matter. It's all good. God loves us all. And hear your pastor say, that is 100% true. God loves the people you don't. You might want to get with him on that. Are you with me? But just because God loves us all doesn't mean that he's thrown out his standards for us all. And he wants us to not just rely on him to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness all the time. In fact, uh, Paul was getting this from the Romans in chapter 6 of the letter that he wrote to them. And uh, he writes to them, what shall we say then? Are we to continue to sin that grace may abound? Hey, grace is good. God is full of that. Let's have him just, you know, spray that all over us and we can do whatever we want. We can leave this relationship. We can, we can you know, choose this moral standard. We can do whatever we want and God will just cover it with his grace. And Paul says, no. No, okay, he's pressing down hard, by no means. How can he who died to sin still live in it? I'm not preaching legalism, I'm preaching logic. If it's wrong to God, it's wrong. And we don't make it up as we go, trusting that he'll be okay with it. It's just dad. Dad loves me. I can come home late. I, whatever. So we work out our salvation. Not work up or work for. We work it out. That's the first phrase. He gives a specific way in how we're supposed to do it. With fear and trembling. It's the Greek words phobos, phobic. And tremo, from which we get trembling. Tremo. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're fearful like horror movie, horror movie fear. Like, you know, Fright Night over wherever the park is that has that, right? It's not scary fear, it's respect and awe. It's a seriousness and sincerity that comes from us. The other writers in the Bible talk about it in terms of being sober-minded. Sober-minded. Peter said this in his letter, uh, his first letter. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a rolling lion. It's this, it's this uh, concerted, uh, serious effort in the Christ life. It's a discipline, it's a choice. 
to work out, to go further. It's like any workout that you, you know, choose to do at a gym. You don't have to go there. There's no law that says you've got to go to the gym. Obviously, right? There's no law. But if you choose to discipline yourself and to buffet your physical body, in the same way, you can choose to discipline yourself and work out your salvation. Inheriting this idea of fear and trembling are at least two things. First of all, the awareness that God is watching. And I know your parents told you that when you were growing up. God sees you. That's what Paul's basically saying. Hey, even if, I, even if I don't come back to you, I need you to double down. Why? Because, yeah, God does see you. And, yeah, that does matter. Because you might think he's just this big, fat Santa Claus in the sky who's going to just, you know, graciously, uh, uh, you know, forego any of the things that, you know, you do. But he's not. He's holy and righteous, deserving of our fear and trembling. He sees what we're doing. That's the first thing. But uh, kind of embedded or hidden in this idea of fear and trembling is the comfort that comes from knowing that God understands me. If he sees me, he understands me. And therefore, I don't have to get, I don't have to get frustrated or impatient. Like Job, Job's whole life un, un, just unfolds. It just craters in front of him. Everything's gone in the first chapter of his book, right? And he gets to the end of it, and his wife's saying to him, hey, curse God and die. This is a really bad day. <laughs> and what does Job say? Oh, man, naked I came into this world, and naked I shall return. It's not about me. It's not about what I have. It's about the God that I serve. And so he says this. It should be a song. Blessed be the name of the Lord, right? He says, blessed be the name of the Lord. Job walked. In fact, that was the whole reason his story became a thing. It's because he was so honorable in his relationship with God. Followed him with all of his heart. That's why Satan and God brokered the deal that became Job's story. And even as those things, the circumstances, like Paul here as he writes from prison, circumstances change, but his fear and his trembling, his honor for his God doesn't. There's the me work. Everybody one more time. Then there's the he work. Let's talk about that. We should know that God is working in us, in our Christ lives, as, as we work out our salvation with him. He says in verse 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and and to work for his good pleasure. We work out, God works in. He seeks to conform us. In, in, in fact, our salvation is because of him. He, he gave it to us. And so he's not just going to leave us as we seek to grow in our faith with him. He's going to walk with us. Uh, can I give you an encouragement today? God never requires something of us that he won't enable us to do. God never asks of us something that he won't give us the power to do. And so he works in us even as we work out the salvation he gave us. We see that in his son's story. Jesus is walking around Israel in his three and a half years before he's crucified. Uh, and he's healing people left and right. He comes up in Matthew 9 to this crippled guy. He's been laying on his mat since he was born. And Jesus says to this paralytic, get up and walk. Take up your bed and let's jog. Okay, just so we're all clear, in and of himself, paralyzed dude's not moving. But God's son said to do something, gave a command, 
And then God's power through the Son of God came to the man and he was able to obey because his God made it possible. Are you with me? And so there's nothing that we're called to do that God is not willing to give us the power to do. I uh, took all my kids to T-ball as a young dad. This is not the bat. This is from Play It Again Sports, 10 bucks. Thank you. But I got them their bat. Anybody ever given a kid their first bat? Here you go, son. Hold this end. Oh, thanks, dude. Anybody been up in the first T-ball practice? Huddled over your kid? Here's how you hold it. All right. And there's a ball on a, on a stick right there, and we're going to try to hit it. And the kid's head is like, <laughs> but you take his three or four-year-old hands and you go, okay, bud, bink. And then the next time, okay, bud, still standing behind him, he's right here, bink. And he gets used to that. And then finally, he's the little kid, and you just kind of take your hands off. Okay, bud, I'm right here still, bink. And then you take another step back because he's probably going to hit you now that he's got the freedom, Right. And you just watch and you get further and further and you keep cheering and going to the games and you're there as he develops into the major league all-star that you pray he will be, right? <laughs> but it starts with you giving him his bat. And it continues with you teaching him how to use it. And a good father never takes his eye off his kid as he continues in life with what he's given him. And that's the father that we serve. I try to put it in my own words. Here they are. Our salvation is the work of God in us. Everybody agree with me on that? That we work out for him. That was the last thing. We, me work. As he works through us. That's the he work, right? A great picture of this uh, combined me work, he work thing. Uh, it shows up in any victory that you ever have over temptation. Anybody ever been tempted to do something? Raise your hand if you've ever been tempted to do something you know is wrong. Okay, well, some of you, if you're, just wait. It'll happen. All right. Uh, but for the rest of us who could raise our hands, uh, we understand that temptation is a part of life. And if we have Christ in us, he obviously doesn't want us to succumb to, to those temptations. And so here's what happens. You know, the, the cartoon uh, angel and devil appear on our shoulders, right? And we're starting to think about doing whatever we're tempted to do. And what God does is he says, no. And what we do is we obey and we say, okay, but this is really hard. I want to do that. And he's like, no, come on, buddy. I got you. Let's do this together. It's like a husband and wife team hanging a mirror. Have you ever done that with your spouse? That can be a, a long afternoon maybe. But uh, when Eleanor and I hang things, I'm usually the, 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 the shoulders that are necessary to hold the heavy thing in place. And so she stands behind me and I say, where do you want it? Anybody ever been on this? No, babe, I can't use a mirror down here. I don't need, I... and so you finally find the spot. You center it up on the wall and she says, perfect. And you mark where the nail is. And then she comes into the game, right? Because you've got to keep the mark where it is and she's got to hold the mirror up while you take the nail and slam it in there and together you hug and whatever the rest of the afternoon provides. Anyway, uh. There, that's, that's how that works, and that's how the spiritual life works. God says, there. Put your life there. And then we do our part as he does his part, and we get to there, wherever there is. The last thing is this. 
Go to work on your own Christ life, knowing that God is working in your Christ life. And as you're doing it, enjoy it. Remind your face that you're happy. Enjoy the work of Christ. Do it with me one more time. It's the yippee work. Everybody ready? Yippee work. Not bad. All right. He says in verse 14, do all things without grumbling or disputing. I find that so fascinating. Now, he's, he's talking in the context about the unity of this church in, in the, Philipp, uh, the Philippian church. And he, he's saying, hey, guys, I want you to stay together. And so he implores them to be humble, to work out their salvation as God works in them, right? But he says, as you're doing that, remember, this is a, who's heard me say this before? This is a get to and not a got to. You get to do this together. You get to have life with Christ. It's not a burden, it's a blessing. This is a get to. So do these things without grumbling or complaining. Why? Because the more you do them with grumbling and complaining, the less likely you are to continue doing them. That's the human way. I don't like this. Let me grouch about it. I'm I'm like, I'm my main messenger in this thing. This stinks. I don't want to do this anymore. Hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. Done. And Paul says to these Philippians, he says to us, hey guys, As you work out your salvation, allowing God to work in you and through you, enjoy it. The seven dwarfs can whistle while they work. The billions of Christians can enjoy serving Jesus. Amen? You've got to be a certain age. I know Disney's different now. But anyway, all right. Find the joy in the mundane. Find the joy in the things that you don't naturally have joy for. Fellas, if you take the garbage out this week, Marvel over the magic of the wheels on the can, right? There was a day and an age where we had to carry that sucker. There was no pivot, right? And so now we can roll that thing. I, I, my my uh, corner is all the way down the driveway of my house. It's probably 150 yards. Enjoy the walk. What a beautiful day. I get to roll a can for 150 yards in God's creation. Amen, right? Celebrate the fact that because you're doing it, other people in your household do not have to. And some of you are like, well, slow down. Hang on. I'll try to like it for me, but I'm not going to like it. In fact, they should have done this. And I mean, you're back to grouching and grumbling and complaining, right? No. It goes back to what we talked about last week. God's first. Others are far, 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 far ahead of you in second place. And you live to work out your salvation as God works in you with the joy of the get-to, not the got-to. All right. Payoff, can I just close with the next couple verses? I'm not going to get them all in, but here we go. Some of you are like, all right, Mark, you got me. I'll try to work out my salvation. I I am so grateful that God's going to help me in that process as he works in me. What's, What's the payoff, though? Well, the payoff is you're not going to be like you are now uh, after you put yourself to working out in this way. Come on. The internet was created for the before and after picture. If I see one more photo of a star holding their camera in the mirror and their shirt up like this saying, just work the abs, I might do that. That might be fun. That'd be good. Anyway, uh, you know, that's, that's all people are doing. That's all the internet's for, just bragging about their before and their after. Here's who I was, here who I am. Now, that can be dangerous. I'm not a big fan of the internet, if you haven't picked that up. But uh, um, certainly, 
in this, yeah, come on, in the scriptures, um, there's this idea of before and after, old man, new man, right? And so Paul says to these Philippians, he says, work it out. Let God work in you. Do it without grumbling or complaining. Why? Verse 15, so that you may be blameless and innocent. Great words. Blameless is the Greek word, amemptoi, amemptoi, yeah. It means to keep the rules and not, not cross the lines. Uh, innocent is this Greek word that comes from the, the smelting factories uh, for the precious metals of the time. Uh, to be innocent or, or, or to be pure was to be pure metal. Not have all these added alloys that would cheapen you or, or make you less strong. Love that. He says, if you'll work out your salvation, you let God work in you, and you do it with a smile on your face, listen, here's the result. You'll be blameless. You'll be innocent. You'll be children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. Oh, people. Are we living in a crooked and twisted generation? It's getting more crooked and more twisted the longer we're around, right? And, and this is our call in life, to be the children of God without blemish. Our character is aligned with our Father. We are chips off the old block. And when people see us, they see the character of God in us. And they see the difference between what has become twisted and crooked in them. And it's not this like, nah, 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 nah. It's this loving, this is what you could have by the grace of God. It's what he's given me and it's what I desire for you to experience as well. I love this part most of all. He says, you can be the children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and, crooked and twisted generation among whom, that generation, you shine as lights in the world. You know, I don't know, uh, I don't know how you charge your phone. I got this like cradle right by my door. I set it on there. You know what I picture church as? It's the charging cradle of the Christian life. It's where you come in and you charge your life up with the word of God, the people of God, the songs of God, you get pumped up about God, and you're supposed to leave. And everybody, if you want to do this, let's do this for fun. Everybody, if you can figure it out, don't worry, Dad, if you can't. But uh, uh, if you can figure it out, turn your flashlight on. Can I figure it out? Here we go. Is yours on? All right. You shining it? Okay. So you charge this up, and you're this little light of mine. Right? We can sing the song. We don't have time. But you're supposed to walk out of here and be a light in the world. That's what Jesus said in Matthew 5. You're the light of the world. Don't hide it under a bush, right? You're the light of the world. But here's what happens with so many of us. We come to the end of a Sunday. We turn it off at the door. And we head that back out to our meh Christianity. Or it's all good Christianity. God won't care. I'll live how I want until I see him again next Sunday. I'll close with this. You know what that word light is? It's not like uh, light like a... Uh, um, you know, typically we would say like a candle or something like that. It's celestial light. It's the stars. You know, in other translations, that's how it's written. So, so that you can be the stars in the world. Not stars like, you know, American Idol. But stars. What, in the ancient world, what were the stars used for? Navigation. You, you can still use them for that, but now we've got phones that tell us where to go, right? But if you were on the sea... 2,000 years ago, and you wanted to figure out how to get home, you would find Polaris, and then you would figure out from that where north and east and west were, and you would sail by the stars in a dark world, right? 
Does everybody get that's who we are? The body of Christ are the navigational aids of a dark world. We're the stars that the world is meant to be able to sail out of the crooked and twisted generation that they're a part of. You want to know why you work out your salvation with fear and trembling? You want to know why you let God work in you for his will and his works to come out of you? You want to know why you do it without grumbling and complaining? Because the payoff is amazing. The payoff is eternal. People see Jesus and it transforms their lives like it's transformed yours. And so now, may you and I, one more time, May we work as he works and make it yippee work as we go. Anybody grateful for God today? Will you stand with us as we sing?